When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Another day, another big breaking news story for Ohio State. Once again, going down to Alabama and taking advantage of the fact that Nick Saban has indeed retired with their third transfer from the Crimson Tide. This time, true freshman five-star quarterback Julian Sand, the top quarterback in the 2024 class. He's been in Tuscaloosa for like 10 days as an early enrollee and then obviously decides to enter the transfer portal. And now his destination is at Ohio State. Nathan, that's five quarterbacks in the room. I just want – I mean – this is kind of crazy, right? You've got five you've got five quarterbacks in the room and three of them are brand new guys. Yeah, I mean, all this talk about you know, hey, we'd like to have four scholarship quarterbacks. It'd be great to get back to that level. And then now <laughs> you've you're just stacking them uh in in a crazy new way. Yeah. Just um and this is I think in a lot of ways the most extreme example of what we've talked about for years on Buckeye Talk, which is you know the the Ryan Day quarterback acquisition policy strategy, however you want to say it, where you're going after elite guys in every class, and they've never had it quite come up like this. The closest thing I suppose was when Quinn Ewers reclassified, came in early, and that really didn't have anything to do with football directly. So this is more about football. This is more about a, a marriage between a coach and his new offensive coordinator and a quarterback that they had coveted for a long time. Someone that, I mean, you guys would know this maybe even closer than me, Stephen, you covered it, but like, you know, trying to get Julian say in the flip, not being able to do it. That's when they kind of double back and get Aaron Oland as the guy who looks like, I mean, certainly not a consolation prize, like the number four mm-hmm. overall prospect, the number, a, a five-star guy, um, Sorry, number four quarterback, I think, in the composite and, and a five-star guy for as the freshman for this class. And then circumstances just opened this door for you to get the guy that you had maybe prioritized first. And I think a lot of things – so you already have sort of a, a policy in place where you are just bringing in as much talent as possible and the cream rises to the top. And then you have the scrutiny slash pressure slash whatever you want to call it that is around Ohio State football right now and around Ryan Day right now, a place where 11-2 and two isn't, doesn't cut it. You know, Losing to Michigan, no matter what the context, doesn't cut it. You've got to – he has to break through that. And I think all those things combined are what made this a move that as soon as Saiyan went in the portal and we looked at it, on one hand we were like, well, I was almost like if you're Julian Saiyan, is this where you want to go because there's so much talent in front of you. But for from an Ohio State standpoint – 
I, I, I understand, I guess, what is going on here for Ryan Day because uh, you can't take another chance at having another year of very uh, a lot of ambivalence about your quarterback play. I think this past, that's the other factor here. I think this past season and just never feeling like it clicked in the right way with Kyle McCord, but then also maybe not knowing that you had a surefire, better thing to go to in the moment, I think reinforced that they just needed to, they couldn't pass up adding a talent like this to this room. Yeah, so I, I did cover this, and it's, it's very interesting how this all worked out. Obviously, Dylan Rayola was first. That was the first commitment of the class and who they wanted to build this class around, the 2024 class, the foundation of it. And Dylan Rayola, obviously, he was in the class for about six or seven months there and then decommitted in December of 2022. Literally, I think within like 48 hours of Jeremiah Smith, the top player, the top wide receiver in the country, decommitting. Dylan Rayola obviously ended up committing to Georgia before flipping to Nebraska close to signing day as a number six player and a number two quarterback in that class. You're right, Nathan. The first place they did go was Julian Sand. They offered him about three or four weeks after Dylan Rayola decommitted, and then Corey Dennis went out there to see him, the former quarterback's coach at the time, went out to see him. And I remember talking with Julian saying about this. They were trying to make him a Buckeye. And they said to him, we're going to do everything it takes to make you a Buckeye. Well, you know. Who would have thought it would take all this? But he's now at Ohio State. But at the time, he wasn't really responsive to any of that. He was so set on, I'm going to Alabama as a California kid to play for Nick Saban. An underrated part of this is Bill O'Brien was the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator at the time that Julian Sand actually got offered by Alabama. So it didn't play that much of a role here, I don't think. But it does. it's an added bonus that the guy who offered you, you now get to play for him, even if it's in a different location. And then obviously – after things kind of didn't go anywhere with Julian saying they maybe checked back in with Jaden Davis, but that didn't go anywhere. Mutually, both sides didn't feel like that needed to go anywhere else. And then they settled in on Aaron Nolan, who they'd had a relationship with for a couple of years and had been telling, listen, if some things go left with Aaron, with Dylan Rayola, excuse me, let's explore this more. And obviously, Aaron Nolan developed into a five-star quarterback during that time. Andrew, there's four players classified as a five-star quarterback in that 2024 class. Three of them at one point in their lives, were committed to Ohio State, whether it's Dylan Rayola, who was the first one to do it, Aaron Nolan, who committed and signed, and now Julian Sand as a transfer from Alabama. I don't even know how to classify that yet if it's supposed – if we because if he didn't early enroll, it might just be a flip, and then there's DJ Lagway, who's at Florida right now. But when you look at how this is shaping out now with Will Howard, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, Aaron Nolan, and Julian Sand, both as true freshmen, is this a – discussion about what this means for the 2024 Ohio State football roster or what it means for the 2025 and beyond Ohio State football roster? Well, the most interesting thing that I thought you said was that they told Julian Sand, we'll do whatever it takes to make you a Buckeye. I want to know who in Columbus got Nick Saban to retire. I want to know what kind of strings Ohio State was pulling to make Nick Saban ret- did did they get him some new like fancy country club membership for a golf club? I don't know. Um we'll see. We'll have to investigate that here. Uh but yeah, this to me is not a 2024 conversation really at all. Um because we had talked especially Steven and I, we had done a couple of videos and stuff about what does Aaron Nolan mean for the 2024 Ohio State quarterback group. All right. We did that at a time where we thought the trio was going to be Devin Brown, Lincoln, Keenholz, Aaron Nolan. And we were like, can Aaron Nolan be the guy? Is Aaron Nolan the second best quarterback? Do you want to make him the backup? Like we were talking about that and we didn't really talk about Aaron Nolan 
super seriously as a starter because we figured Keen Holter Brown would win that job and at least early in the year. And then you bring in Will Howard and it's kind of, all right, you know what? Howard's the guy and then everything else will kind of sort itself out down the line. Well, this doesn't really change anything, I don't think, for 2024 because Nolan and saying, like, unless I've made this point before, unless something really, really good happens or something really, really bad happens, you're not going to play either Aaron Nolan or Julian saying in 2024. Like, unless one of these dudes is just, the Trevor Lawrence guy where you show out and you're like, you know what, man, we, we got this. Like we, we cannot leave him on the bench. This dude is the number one overall pick in three years. He has to play unless it's that or unless it's oh, good gravy. Will Howard's not cutting it and we don't trust Brown or Keenholz or whoever's here. Like uh, unless it's that situation, we have to throw in the freshman. Like you, you're really not talking about anything in 24. The 25 conversation gets very interesting because – Will Howard, Devin Brown, Lincoln, Keen Holtz, Aaron Nolan, Julian Sand, four of those guys can be back in 2025. Now, I would say I would bet a lot of money that at least one or two of those guys are going to be gone starting maybe at this point next year. One or two of those guys is gone. You know, it's, it's just a crowded room and, you know, you use some, use some simple math and you look at the clock and Devin Brown's eligibility you're you're running out of it you're running out of time to be a starter and now you just brought in another five-star player so it's going to come down to 2025 and i think you can start to see it shaping up as what day we were in this january 21st of 2025 we're doing this podcast and we're saying what is the quarterback battle between aaron oland and julian saying mean and what does this look like so yeah for 2024 pretty much nothing Pretty much means nothing. Does nothing good, bad, or indifferent for Ohio State's, I guess it does do something indifferent, for Ohio State's national championship hopes and national championship title hopes. 2025 is a different conversation. Well, I, I guess I would, the devil's advocate for 2024 is that at the end of the spring, two people leave. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, again, we usually don't like to talk specifics about speculating on transfers, but the quarterback situation kind of always forces us to do that. So you would look at, does Devin Brown stay for the fall if he thinks that Will Howard is already in the driver's seat? And does Lincoln Keenholz stay if he thinks there's both, if you're getting that sandwich, right? That sometimes these mm-hmm. receivers, we see a lot in this receiver room where you get just pinched in between not being able to break through and then the guys coming in behind. Um, so, now you're down to only three scholarship quarterbacks, and do both of those guys make it to 2025? Now you've now you start to spin yourself into where 2025 you arrive, and you've got the guy left standing and a true freshman, and then I guess something else that you find in the portal. I don't know. There are ways that this. I mean, this has repercussions in the in the quarterback room. It's not because before everything lined up in a very natural order way. I thought that there would be a competition between Howard and Brown. And even if the resolution of that happened in the spring and somebody left, you still had three scholarship quarterbacks, like three tiers of quarterbacks for the fall. And then another kind of natural quarterback competition could happen next spring with at worst Keenholz, Nolan and Tavian St. Clair coming in. And now things are a little bit more up in the air. It's, it's just, you have to do a little more work, I guess, to keep the room together. And I don't blame anyone who, 
this changes enough things for that they decide to go somewhere where it's maybe just a smoother path. Like it's, it's, it's both the right move for Ryan day, I guess, to be this ruthless and, and make this addition. And it's also the right move for those guys to say, well, I can't really worry that much about your depth chart at some point. I I'm here to play. So that's the one caveat here is there are going to be repercussions to this, but there's no transfer portal open until the end of the spring. So this is going to be a five man quarterback room this spring. And after last spring being such a, intense focus on the quarterback room man we had no idea like it's going to be a whole other a whole other thing this <laughs> spring once we get to watch these guys throw some balls so <laughs> you t- you touched on an important point right there that i do i think we should clear up like number one i've made this point before it is kind of like that like terrifying college class that you hear about where it's like the professor says look to your left and look to your right one of these guys won't be here at the end that's kind of where you're at with quarterback recruiting in college, not at Ohio state, not in the big 10, not at a high level, just in college football where players are going to transfer because there's one guy who gets to play quarterback. There's not three receivers. You can trot out there three, you know, you know, three corners you can trot out there or whatever. So guys want to play. So guys will leave. And to the point about being ruthless, I think that is kind of what you have to do in today's college football. And, and I'm not saying you weren't making this point. I'm agreeing with you. It's just that I think some people might get it twisted. Like you got to look at this room and say, you now have two five-star quarterbacks in the room and whatever you think the chances of Aaron Nolan being great were, you just added another guy who's kind of in that same ballpark in that same category as Aaron Nolan. So, I mean, do you think there are 50-50 chances to work out? A little better than 50-50 chance? Whatever it is, you feel immensely better about the future and if somebody leaves, somebody leaves. Like that's the way that you have to approach this if you're a coaching staff and you're a college football program at quarterback in today's college football. I think it's a different conversation, a little bit at receiver, because like why they could bring in Jeremiah Smith and then the number two receiver in the country. And guess what? Both of them can play at the same time. But you can't do that at quarterback. So I think quarterback is the position, Nathan's right. You have to be the most ruthless in your recruiting and who you're bringing in and when you're bringing them in. I think quarterback is just where that necessary evil stands out the most because only one guy can play but this is a clear at if you look at all their transfer portal additions really obviously we're talking about the quarterback situation with will howard and uh, julian saying and then adding aaron nolan as a as a signee but you look at all their transfers so far and it's very much just get the best possible players you can get and then figure it out later understand that there's going to be attrition understand that there are going to be people who aren't going to stick around but that's fine because the people who are staying are the people you pick to be the starters because those are the guys who ended up being the best of that collection of talent that you've brought in. And it is Ryan Day has started to say this when we talked to him about roster management and it's gone under the radar. But because of the world we live in now with NIL and the transfer portal, I think it hits my ears a little bit differently. He said he always just talks about we'll get to 85. We'll figure it out. By the time we get to fall camp, we've had our texter 614-350-3315 bring up and ask what the numbers are, what the scholarship numbers are right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter until until fall yeah. camp. As long as you're at that 85 number by fall camp, that is what matters. So don't worry about, oh, how many guys are in this room or in this room or are we over or are we under right now if you're a fan of this team. Just they're going to add guys. They're going to go add guys where they feel like they need to get better, even if the option they had last year was pretty decent. They didn't we've we talked about this on the recruiting part, Andrew. They didn't need Caleb Downs for their safety room to be good. 
but it's Caleb Downs. And if that dude wants to come, you can't tell him no. And it's the same thing with Julian uh, saying it's the same thing with Will Howard, and it'll be the same with any other position. So I, ruthless is one way to put it. I'll just say necessary evil. In this world, you just, you just got to find the best 85 guys. And if that means that the 10 other guys you brought in earlier don't see where they fit in anymore and they leave, you've almost got to live with that at this point, Nathan. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I mean, we, we used to have this conversation about whether the policy, the way that Ryan Day did it, we had some debates on Buckeye Talk about Mm-hmm. whether it was the right way to do it. And, you know, you could take some more developmental, lower-ranked, in-state um, guys who maybe were going to be career backups anyway and and take them as, like, long-term guys to help just, like, keep the room stable, like, every other year, every third year, however you want to do it. And um, but Ryan Day, like, there's definitely programs who do that, and Ryan Day has never done that. And he has always it, it, it's just been one guy like this after another really like in like Lincoln Keenolds might be like the lowest ranked scholarship quarterback he took I don't know wherever Jack Miller was by the time he actually got to Ohio State mm-hmm. but at one point was was very highly ranked before he had some injury things so it's like this has been the policy all along and this is just the most extreme example of it and again I think the circumstances both of Saban leaving and the circumstances of the um how pivotal of a year people think this is for Ohio State play into this because I think this isn't I think you guys are right that it's probably not listen these guys are five stars for a reason we've talked about five stars as quarterbacks especially differently over the years and I'm not going to sit here and say that Julian Sayan couldn't come in Who's he's going to be learning? I mean, Will Howard's learning this offense for the first time too. Like this, mm-hmm. is, everybody's kind of brand new. He has the most actual experience in college games, which means something, and he's performed pretty well over the years. Devin Brown has his own level of experience in this system. He actually has some advantage in that regard. But these guys are five stars, and I don't think you can you can't put zero percent on the chance that one of these two five stars would emerge as the best option to start on day one, or as with. Trevor Lawrence in 2018 with Clemson, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't emerge over the course of a season or by, you know, a month into a season that there's a, I'm very intrigued by how this is all going to to play out, but I I do think it is a bigger deal. Probably you're right for 2025. And then in 2025, there is going to have to be a decision somebody has to make because on the one hand, you're always one snap away from being the starter at Ohio state, Mm -hmm. which is, significant and there that's a thing that very very few other programs can offer a job of that um, caliber but at some point you just have to you have to make the right decision to have your own career so but that's next year's problem Ryan Day has to be fully consumed with this year's problems and I think this is further evidence of that more of an impact for 2025 but also because of just the atmosphere of everything, I think everything is heightened. I think he's he has been more aggressive than we've ever seen before, and this is just another example of that. We have kind of made this point on Buckeye Talk a couple times. I think Steven's the one that kind of points this out a lot, that you need depth in a 12-team playoff world, right? You know, you like it, there's a very real scenario where you play 12 regular season games 
you play a Big Ten championship game, there's 13, and then you got to go win three playoff games to win a national championship. There's 16 games. And what if you what if you play a you go you do a great you have a great regular season and all of a sudden you lose the Big Ten championship game and now you got to go on the road in the first round or you got to host a game then it's seventeen you got to build up your depth and I am wondering to Nathan's point if time is Ohio State's friend here as we kind of talk about this because we've mentioned the schedule before Akron Western Michigan bye week Marshall at Michigan State, Iowa, at Oregon, bye week. So you have two bye weeks in the span of your first six games. And then you start really kind of the meat of your schedule where you play Nebraska, at Penn State, Purdue, at Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan. I wonder if, because you have these two guys in this room, if there isn't a scenario, and I'm actually, Nathan might have convinced me of that, if there isn't a scenario where maybe not on August 1, they're not the best quarterback. But how do we feel about November 1st, you know, or or I guess whatever day that would be for the Penn State game? Like, how do we feel about that time of year? I think the the longevity of the season might give you some time, and especially with another bye week, it might give you some time to say, you know what, maybe eventually one of these dudes could be the starter as we as we move on kind of throughout the course of the year. I don't I don't hate that thought. I think this is going to be the most interesting spring game I've yeah. been a part of <laughs> because everyone's going to see everyone, single one of these guys take snaps and go, oh, who's better here? Who's better there? Whoa, what does this mean? Whoa, what does that mean? I think this is the 2025 issue as well. But I do think it has a chance next spring, 2025, to be the most intriguing quarterback battle we've seen as well. And that's going back to Cardell Jones and JT Barrett, where that one circumstance created a situation where that was a battle because JT Barrett got hurt. In 2018, that's the closest thing to just a normal situation. But even then, Joe Burrow got hurt and allowed Dwayne Haskins to build some momentum going into that offseason, especially with that Michigan game. But that was like a back-and-forth, real-deal situation. In 2021, Nathan, I don't think there was ever a time when we didn't think C.J. Stroud wasn't going to win that job. Maybe you thought Kyle McCord had a chance, as to your point, five-star, who knows? But like that was kind of C.J. Stroud's job, while even this past year, it felt like it was Kyle McCord's job, but it, and even the way Ryan Day talked about it, I don't know how confident he was in either one of those options at times in terms of the upside ceiling. You were just the best guy from the guys in the room. There's a chance here. You've got two five-star recruits who are the same age, and it just might make for a real head-to-head, back-to-back, situa- back-and-forth situation where – Someone's going to end up being the starter here long-term and be like Ohio State's next long-term starting quarterback, and the other one might just go somewhere else and still be successful. And that's why I just think from that standpoint, that's what makes it a 2025 issue that's going to make this really, really interesting if you're just thinking Will Howard's going to have the job this year, and then let's see what happens with Aaron Nolan and Julian Sam when we get to January of 2025. Get the text, 614-350-3315. When this news broke, just like the Caleb Downs news, just like the Bill O'Brien news, just like the athletic director news, just like the Seth McLaughlin news, just like everything else that has happened since Ohio State lost to Michigan on November 25th, that's the first place you're going to get it. Two-week free trial, $3.99 after that. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to get more into Julian Sand and what he brings to Ohio State's roster as a five-star quarterback in the 2024 class when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. 
Ohio says that is its fifth quarterback to its 2024 quarterback room. And Julian Sand, five-star quarterback, the number one quarterback in the 2024 recruiting class, originally committed and signed and early enrolled at Alabama, but then decided after Nick Saban's retirement that he would hit the transfer portal. And the options reportedly came down to USC and Ohio State with Ohio State eventually winning out in that battle. I'm Stephen Means. That's Nathan Baird. And that's Andrew Gillis. And we'll start with you. Just when you look at this five-star talent, what is Ohio State getting? And Julian saying, and does he remind you of anybody else? Well, it, it's a different kind of style from from Air Nolan. Air Nolan's a little bit bigger. Uh, he's left-handed, um, which is probably the first thing that you're going to notice. Um, you know, they they both come from kind of talent-rich areas, which I do think is important. You know, Julian saying comes from California. Obviously, Air Nolan comes from Georgia, but with with saying he. You look at his 247 page and ironically, the comparison that, you know, one of their national recruiting analysts gave him was J.J. McCarthy, um, which I, I think all state fans would find pretty interesting. Um, but, you know, in, in kind of the, the limited stuff that you see of him, you know, he, he's just a really solid thrower of the football. Um, you know, you can watch him throw and you can see the accuracy there. And I think that that matters a lot. I mean, if you can't be accurate as a quarterback, then I don't really care about anything else because you have to complete the football or else you're not going to play. Um, so I, I think when you talk about a quarterback that could fit in Ohio State's system, you need a guy who can do that. You need a guy who is kind of developed in, in that way, who can read the field, who can make all the throws. You know, Aaron Nolan can do that too. Um, I think Julian Sand probably has a little bit less athleticism than Aaron Noland, but Aaron Noland is kind of athletic in the way of he can get around the pocket, not so much he's going to run for first downs every time he gets the chance. You know, Aaron Noland is just kind of a mobile guy. I think Julian Sand has a little bit less of that, um, you know, but I do think when you talk about Julian Sand and kind of what he brings to this offense, he doesn't fit the mold of the, you know, he's not the 6'4", 6'5 guy. You know, he's only listed at 6'1". So he is a little bit shorter compared to some of the, you know, maybe what people might think of a high-level quarterback. You know, he's not kind of that type of player. But he can move a little bit, um, you know, good feel for the pocket, I think. And and I think accuracy is the number one thing that you see with him. And uh, in an Ohio State offense, if you get the ball to your receivers accurately, you're probably feeling pretty good about where you're at. Nathan, when I watch Julian Sand, and especially in comparing him to Aaron Nolan, Julian Sand's taller than Bryce Young, like significantly taller. Like Bryce Young's not six foot tall at all. But I do think their play styles, Julian Sand is Bryce Young, Aaron Nolan, CJ Stroud. And that's it. One is processor, on time, on target, ball placement, beautiful, just in the pocket, can do it outside of the pocket if you need him to, but that's not necessarily where you go to first. While with Julian Sand, it is a little bit more improvisation and what you see from him. And when you get him on the move outside of that pocket, he can make some magic happen. First of all, just to clarify, Nolan is left-handed. Julian Sand is right-handed. I just want to make sure – I knew that's what you were saying. I just don't want people to get confused that both of them are left-handed. It's going to be a lefty-righty face-off there in in spring of 2025, we assume. Um, Yeah, I think improvisation is probably a good word. I think that's where the J.J. McCarthy comparison maybe comes in mm-hmm. the most, that it's someone who would be able to freelance a little bit more and and make things happen like that. And I know that that may be a comparison that makes some Ohio State fans cringe, but not just because it's Michigan, but because some of the things they saw from J.J. McCarthy over the years, but I mean, he still hoisted a national championship trophy this past year. So I think it's, it's what he could do within a Ryan Day system. I think... It, 
a, a quarterback of that type, I think it could still work inside of Ryan Day's system. And, and this becomes a the latest in sort of a trend at Ohio State. And because if you look at, I mean, Devin Brown was already a quarterback with some uh, wiggle, and Will Howard certainly is the Kansas mm-hmm. former Kansas State starter they've added as a transfer. Lincoln Keenholz kind of all about wiggle, although he can throw too. But like you're starting to see, uh, Aaron Olin starts to become like the odd man out just in terms of maybe playing style, uh, as mm-hmm. you were saying, Stephen. And that's an interesting progression. And I don't know how much of it was intentional that they had to go find people like that, or if it was just the best quarterbacks that they thought fit happened to have those um, those talents. It's probably somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the between that. Because they obviously saw with C.J. Stroud, they could have a tremendously productive they, – they had the best offense in the country two years in a row, most yards per play two years in a row with C.J. Stroud back there just throwing darts. And that'll work out for you. But I think they've also seen that having a real running threat it could be beneficial. And I'm eager to see what this offense might look like again. Taking like a Justin Fields-ish, and none of these guys are probably running four three forties or whatever, but a Justin Fields-ish ability to be a running passer with a receiver group that's going to keep churning people out like what Ohio State is doing right now. Like That's an intriguing combination. It was something that Justin Fields didn't really have in 2019. Did get to taste it more in 2020 in a shortened year. We didn't get to see the full look at it. But now thinking ahead to where you could have a a quarterback who's more mobile, the two now starting running backs that they have, and then on top of that, Jeremiah Smith, Carnell Tate, Emeka Ibuka, Brandon Ennis. Like it, it's the way we've been talking about this defense and how they've just been populating themselves. Well, now it's starting to you're starting to see that shift back onto the offense. The offense was what really fell short for this team last year, and they think needed long-term repairs um, in, in some important ways. I don't know if quarterback was one of them, but, I mean, here we are. It's, it's, it's impressive to see them um, being able to just kind of take whoever they want almost at this point. You almost have to look at it from a standpoint of when something goes wrong, what are you going to do about it? With Justin Fields, it was clearly his legs. I think with Devin Brown, it's probably his legs. Lincoln Keenos is probably his legs. Will Howard, that was hard because at Kansas State, he just not, he just didn't have the weapons he was going to have here. So maybe he had to do some things more often at Kansas State than what he would ever have to do at Ohio State. But still, you can say it's probably leaning his legs while Justin, Dwayne Haskins, everything was his arm. So Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields are like the extreme of the extreme in both sides. C.J. Stroud, I felt like, was a perfect marriage of both. It's just he didn't do the one. He could do it, as he showed us in the Georgia game and as he's been showing us in the NFL, but he just didn't do it as often in the other 21 games he was Ohio State starting quarterback. And I think that's where Aaron Nolan is. It's like whether he does it a lot or not, what does he do when things go wrong that makes up for the fact that he won't run as much? what we're saying what Julian's saying, because I think sometimes when we start saying running, Nathan, to your point, we sometimes it can come off as we're over saying that like, oh, he's a super athlete. Julian's saying is not a super athlete. In fact, he's a pretty, I mean, he's a decent athlete, but he does just enough to buy time. And which means that sometimes he's going to make this crazy play, which too, that's why the J.J. McCarthy comparison comes up. That's why I use Bryce Young. Those were two guys who some, could sometimes manipulate a pocket. And make a throw where you're like looking at it sideways and then you work and you go, oh, 
Good job, Bryce. Good job, JJ. That's exactly how we drew it up. And that, that's where Julian Sand is in comparison to Aaron Nolan. The other difference right now is Julian Sand just might be a little bit more ready in a situation where we are talking about, we've said this a couple of times, they are five-star quarterbacks. So sometimes things can happen with five-star quarterbacks where they take a step and they're maybe ready immediately and you throw them out there, even if it's not at the start of the season. If that were to happen, in 2024, if that Trevor Lawrence scenario, Caleb Williams scenario plays out for Ohio State, I'm not expecting it to, but if it does, Julian Sand was where I would probably put my Buckeye Talk tokens on being the guy that happens with right now. It doesn't mean anything about things going forward in 2025. It's just Julian Sand just might be a little bit more ready in terms of being ready to play college football than where Aaron Nolan is right now. And I think he showed that off at the Elite 11 last summer. Get the text, 614-350-3315, Ohio State's fifth quarterback in his 2024 room. Well, that information came out. That's the first place we went with him before we went anywhere else with a two-week free trial, 399. After that, Ohio State spring game is going to be a very interesting one. In fact, when they start spring practices, whenever those dates come out, I promise you that's probably the most <laughs> thing we're going to be texting is about what all five of these quarterbacks are doing during spring practice. So get the text 614-350-3315 for Nathan Baird and for Andrew Gillis. I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.